Welcome to the American Society of Regional Anesthesia, Regional Anesthesia and Pain Podcast, ASRA Wrap. I'm your host, Raj Gupta, coming to you from Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric Schwenk from Jefferson Hospital up in Philadelphia. How are you, Eric? Fantastic. Glad to be here again. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the uh, fall pain meeting coming up in November um, and I want to do a couple of announcements before we get started, just so everybody's aware about things happening with ASRA. Uh, first off is the fall meeting, so uh, registration is open for that. Uh, that's going to be November 14th through the 16th in New Orleans. Um, also, make sure you follow on social media what's going on with the meeting at hashtag AzraFall19, so you can kind of keep track of the stuff leading up to the meeting, participate in that conversation, but then also uh, during the meeting when the full effort of everybody that's there gets to contribute. The as uh, the abstract deadline for the fall meeting is coming up pretty quickly. It's September 4th at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So if you're going to submit an abstract for the meeting, I highly encourage you to do so. Go to the ASRA website and turn that in by 5 p.m. on September 4th. There's also, ASRA just announced a call for committee nominations. I get, uh, we all get asked frequently, how do you get involved in ASRA? I don't know what to do, but I want to be part of this. One of the ways is to join one of the committees. Um, you can nominate yourself. You can nominate a colleague, somebody you think that should be part of this. The nomination deadlines are September 30th, and there's a bunch of committees at ASRA. So make sure to go on the website, look at all those committee options, and then uh, put your application in. Uh, next thing, uh, ASRA Newsletter has just come out with a new issue. Uh, it's on the website. You can go to ASRA News and find that. Uh, it's available in PDF form. If you like that newsletter format, the individual articles are available for reading on the phone or on the website. But then ASRA is also doing a news podcast, so they actually read individual articles from that ASRA News magazine and put it out into the podcast stream. So if you haven't yet, subscribe to the ASRA News Podcast, and you can listen to these articles uh, if you don't have time to read them. Uh, another special thing that ASRA is doing is this ASRA Block. It's business leadership online courses. This is a new thing that ASRA is doing. There's a series of online courses that you can register for on uh, topics like negotiation, finance, human resource, and these are ongoing online courses great way to boost up your uh, business credentials as well as your medical credentials in one organization. And last thing is that um, the, the journal for ASRA, Regional Anesthesia and Pain Medicine, has been doing gangbusters recently. And recently its impact factor was upgraded to uh, above five. It's 5.113. It's the highest it's ever been. And that journal is doing amazing. Eric and I have been uh, actively trying to promote the social media component of the journal and putting out content on the social media streams. There is a new Facebook page for regional anesthesia and pain medicine. So if you haven't found that yet, go locate that Facebook page if you're on that platform. And we still put a lot of stuff out on Twitter as well. So those are the announcements and we wanna to get to our guests for today. We have our first guest is uh, Andrea Nickel. Andrea is an associate professor at Department of Anesthesiology and associate director uh, for the KUMC Institute for Neurologic Discoveries and the Chronic Pain Division, and she's at the University of Kansas School of Medicine. Andrea, how are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. And our second guest is Eugene Viscusi. He's the Professor of Anesthesiology and Chief of Pain Medicine, Director of Acute Pain Management at the Sidney Kimmel Medical College at Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia. 
He also happens to be the president of the American Society of Regional Anesthesia starting this last spring and will be for a few years. How are you, Gene? I'm good, Raj. Thank you. And the reason we're talking today, uh, going back to Andrea's credentials, is she's actually the chair of the meeting this fall coming up for ASRA in New Orleans. And that's our topic of discussion today, um, is to kind of get a sense of what's going to be at the meeting, why you want to make sure you attend, and um, all the innovative stuff that Andrea and her team have been putting together for this meeting that's, I know, personally, that it takes years in development. So, Andrea, you want to give a few sentences at the beginning here as we talk about what you did to kind of make this a special meeting. Yeah, I mean, I think along with the, Gene and I have been in discussions for, like you said, at least the last few years about this program, and we really knew we wanted to have this be the, the not only an amazing educational content-driven meeting um, that will kind of highlight uh advances in pain medicine and in interventional techniques, but, you know, we, in order to really put an exclamation point on the beginning of Jean's term in presidency was, you know, deciding how we can take this meeting and advance ASRA further into the future. And so we had many discussions, you know, at the very beginning, once I was uh, nominated and chosen to be the program chair about how we could do that. And ultimately, we decided that we really wanted to listen to the membership and what they wanted out of the meetings and uh, above and beyond kind of the the underlying themes of member uh, comments had to be about uh, diversity on the panels as well as more science-driven and basic science content. No, I appreciate I appreciate it. I'm looking at some of these sessions here and some of the it looks like there's some newer topics that are pretty pretty interesting. Some of these things like intersection of alcohol and chronic pain and um, the Brave New World novel opioid targets. Um, I was wondering if, Andrew, you might be able to um, briefly touch on uh, how you came to a couple of those sessions. And then um, maybe Gene has a, a few words as well about those. Well, the, it's interesting that in, initially when I was making my uh, my planning for my meeting, I was looking at local faculty and uh, researchers within the New Orleans area to see if they'd be able to provide local um, expertise to the, the meeting. And interestingly, there's a, a group of researchers at uh, LSU or Louisiana State University, uh, as well as uh uh, Tulane looking at this concept of alcohol use uh, in chronic pain. And it's interesting because during pain fellowship, you know, we're taught to assess for opioid use or um, other non-opioid analgesics as well as illicit drug use. But I do not remember at all during my training really focusing on how alcohol use could be important in this disease. Um, and so Gene and I had a discussion about how, you know, alcohol is so prevalent. Anybody over the age of 21 can buy it. And uh, based on the literature, it looks like chronic pain patients use alcohol quite frequently, um, not only just for social consumption, but actually as a means of treating their pain. So that was how that um session came to be. And, and what's really great about it is we're going to have basic science perspectives that translate into clinical applicability. So I couldn't be more thrilled with how that session shaped up. And then I think I'll let Gene talk about the novel opioid targets, given his expertise in that area. 
Um, but we were really excited to bring on some great speakers, such as Dr. Bone, um, who I know Jean knows quite well. Great. Um, thank you, Andrea. So um, lots of interesting points. Um, I, I, I mean, I have to acknowledge at the beginning of this that I, I when I started looking at the four programs under my term, there is this incredible weight of who will be the program chairs. And uh, certainly Andrea and I have uh, had a, a good professional relationship. And I had always thought that she would be an outstanding uh, person to run one of the programs. And I am, I was thrilled and I'm still thrilled that uh, Andrea accepted the invitation to be the program chair. Uh, I, I love the perspective that you have. Um, you bring a novel view to things that we do all the time uh, and bring new ideas and new people. And um, as Eric pointed out, some of the names of the sessions are uh, refreshing. And uh, you know, one of the, the great joys working with you has been the, the perspective you have and the uh, intrigue you bring, I, I think if you look at the program, the session titles and names are just fascinating. And I've really got to credit Andrea's ingenuity um, for um, thinking about that. Uh, and I think it's really going to bring a lot of um, uh, interest and intrigue as to what, what will actually happen at these sessions. Um, uh, other things, um, as we crafted the program, there were a number of things that we thought about and, uh, you know, I, I kind of came to some general conclusions and, and Andrea took it and ran and did a great job. Um, certainly that idea of the novel opioid views, the biased ligands, uh, where I've done work, uh, is a fascinating area, and uh, we were able to get a basic scientist who is going to talk on those topics. But one of the really fascinating things that Andrea has been able to do um, that will bring a lot of this alive is to look at the work of these basic scientists um, who are bringing novel uh, agents at novel targets to the table and to show how they have a clinical applicability. Uh, a lot of the sessions uh, are crafted with this idea that we move from the basic science to the clinical application. And that's something that uh, is uh, refreshing and, and new for the ASRA program. Um, another big item was the, the, the view of inclusivity. Um, I think ASRA has always done well to have you know, relatively well-balanced programs, but we certainly have suffered from the concept of mantles, the male-only panels. And um, something we were um, uh, motivated to change is the appearance of the program and the speakers. And I think we have, do we have one female-only session, Andrea? Yes. Or is uh, it yes. Yes, we have our very first plenary session on Saturday is an entirely all female moderated and speaker panel. So imagine that. That's fantastic. That'll be, that'll be a first for Azra. So I, I really believe if you, you're going to do the talk, you have to do the walk. And, um, you know, it took um, some ingenuity, but the, the ability to create that kind of diversity and balance is out there. Um, I, I think it's going to be incredibly refreshing. 
um, to see what that is. It's a noticeable difference. Um, so I, I don't know if we have any mantles. Do we, Andrea? I think we pretty much have everything balanced. Anything main stage or uh, driven on the main podium is is not a mantle. There yeah. were occasionally a workshop here and there that, yeah. but otherwise, you know, inclusivity abounds through the whole yeah. program. So I think it's going to be a noticeable and very enjoyable difference uh, to the appearance of the programs. And, you know, I would want to say Azra is great. It's a wonderful society. The so- society is doing better uh, day by day. It's continuing to evolve. Um, but we always have to have our eye on where we need to make the, the society and the programs better. Um, uh, another um, point is we are working to make the program more interactive. Uh, and we're still working on that. Um, but I think the, the way the program is crafted is going to move away from the traditional format of people talking at you. And uh, we still have some uh, tricks up our sleeves as to how we're going to do Q&A and the moderated session um, for this meeting. And that may evolve over time. Um, another area that that you will see as a thread through the program is the burden of substance use disorder. Um, I was really taken with the Surgeon General's uh, comments at the spring meeting of how critical it is for us um, as both pain physicians or um, if you're doing hospital-based acute care, uh, acute pain and, and regional, that we are players in this and, and that we can make a difference by uh, judicious use of opioids or limiting opioids or getting patients uh, started on treatment uh, because it saves lives. And uh, I think um, uh, that theme is going to appear in a variety of places in the program. Any? Did I miss anything, Andrew? I think you got it all. Got it. I, mean, I think also just highlighting that besides inclusivity, you know, we really have a lot of new faculty, um, yeah. both associate and full faculty, yep. just really trying to, um, there's so much talent within our membership and within yep. the broader pain community. And I think showcasing the work that people are doing, you know, the actual people on the front lines of clinical and translational and basic science, you know, maybe haven't had that platform to be able to speak to our society in the past. And so, again, when we were crafting the meeting, a big part of it was how can we get new talent into our our meeting and our membership so that we can become and continue to be stronger together? Yep. Yep. And with that, we're taking a little heat <laughs> because there's just an assumption that some of our classic speakers are going to occur and occur and occur. And um, I'm sure that we've disappointed some people who expected to speak. And I really feel badly about that. But it, it's just so important to get some of this amazing talent on the podium and, and rotate speakers and um, you know, build um, the portfolio of Azure speakers. 
Yeah, absolutely. This is Eric again. I, I just one thing kind of following up with what uh, Jean said and Andrea said also about the diversity of gender, but there's also just diversity of content and kind of focus on the individual sessions. Like uh, I'm noticing there's the whole there's the PA nurse practitioner uh, nursing track that that can be taken as well, which is a, a nice offering that I think is relatively new in the last couple of years. Right. It is, and we're excited to say that uh, we're going to be having the inaugural skills lab for the PA and nurse practitioners who choose to to join the track, which uh, is really exciting and new. Uh, this is the first time it'll have ever been done in an ASRA meeting. Yeah, exactly. That's great, and and just the uh, there's you know there's the, there's some of the typical uh, science and evidence type lectures, but there's so many other lectures in terms of focusing on practice, in terms of um, future and novel things, you know, the, the session gene reference with novel opioids, but not just the novel opioids, the other ways of dealing with um, joint pain and ablation and regenerative medicine. And, and it's just a very, uh, it's it's a diverse thing. And I, I feel like, you know, Raj and I always say there's something for everybody and it's easy to kind of chalk that up is just uh, something you say and just kind of a cliche, but this is one of those meetings where if you actually break down the content of the sessions, there's so much stuff that you end up having to just pick some sessions if you're attending and then you get updated on the other ones through, you know, the lectures being posted or through some people on Twitter or through whatever the means you want. But I think that's sort of what it ends up being. And I guess when you were, when you guys were designing it, um, it seems evident to me that you were definitely very forward-thinking. I, I would assume that was probably part of your uh, mentality, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, every every step, every program, every speaker was methodically chosen and crafted to to really make sure that the the people, the not only content being clinically and, and scientifically, you know, uh, time worthy, but that the person speaking had the legitimate and true expertise to be providing that content. So it it really was a, a laborious task, but it I couldn't have been more excited to see how it all came out and um, to watch this program come to life and to see people educated uh, with what Jean and I have crafted will no doubt be one of the highlights of my career uh, and honestly just uh, such a blessing and an honor. Andrea, I want to ask you, one of the, uh, we've talked about a lot of the medicine that's going to be in the program, but I find that one of the interesting things that you guys have included is a focus on the pain physician as well, um, both in practice management, uh, improvement, uh, self-improvement, awareness of burnout. There's topics uh, throughout the program related to that. You want to speak to that a little bit in the current climate of pain physicians dealing with sure. quite a big stress? I, One I, of you guys can... Maybe I, I'll take the first um, round on that. Sure. Um, one of the, the things that we see is this increasing signal of burnout. Um, Oscar uh, de Leon, um, former uh, president of ASRA, has done some work. Uh, there was a survey that ASRA members participated, and there is no question that there is a burnout problem in uh, pain medicine, but in medicine in general. And we're also seeing a rise in in um, suicide among physicians. And um, 
the question is, what has changed? Uh, is it that we work too hard? But the reality is physicians have always worked hard. Um, what is clear is that there is this feeling of being um, uh, disempowered uh, as physicians uh, are now often uh, working as employees and basically um, not determining their fate and sometimes not even fully determining the care of their patients. So um, I, I, I think if you look at the 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 process of uh, disempowerment in decision-making, that is a major thread in the whole burnout phenomenon and the wellness of physicians. So that's why um, uh, Andrea and I chose to put that concept together from the viewpoint of physician health, practice management, and empowerment um, as a package, because when you determine your fate and you have control and you feel empowered, um, the burnout tends to reduce. Um, Andrea, before I go to you, just one comment about that is I think that, um, and this is true with regional anesthesiologists and acute pain physicians, and I'm sure with chronic pain physicians, is certain ones feel isolated and one of the reasons I think that uh, this organization works so well is it brings people an opportunity to share those stressors with other people in similar situations, coming to the meetings and finding a sense of community of people who have common interests and stuff. And I think that helps me a lot personally deal with burnout because I know I'm invigorated when I leave a meeting instead of uh, more tired, more stressed, even though I've been up for four nights uh, in a row, four days and nights in a row. I feel more energized at the end of that. And so um, you want to comment a little bit about the practice management and the business aspects too? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there, uh, there is an ever-changing climate when it comes to practice management and business organization and uh, reimbursement strategies. And so alongside, you know, uh, David Provenzano and Kevin Borenkamp, who historically have done a lot of work with that sec that session, um, I worked hand in hand with them. Um, you know, as a researcher, uh, I tend to my my hand in the business line is not that great. Um, I I try I, I know how to put in my CPT codes, but that's about it. Um, so I really lended uh, an ear to my my buddies Dave and Kevin uh, in making this program to make sure that we were providing kind of the newest, the greatest, the best and most pertinent information when it comes to practice management for people interested in taking that uh, that track. And I, I couldn't be more thrilled with how, along with their help, we've been able to craft a really wonderful program. Yeah, I just I wanted to just ask you guys, it's more of a logistical question, but um, for any, anybody listening who hasn't maybe hasn't registered yet or, or is thinking about some of these workshops, is there still uh, room in some of the workshops and, um, you know, w without knowing exact numbers for every single thing, but is there still opportunities for people to get involved in some of these? Absolutely. Um, we, we have planning meetings right now about once a month, but it's going to be coming weekly, uh, coming up here soon. But I can tell you based on the last update we had that, um, all, all, most of the workshops still have availabilities, many of the PBLDs and special interactive sessions that require a ticket. Um, I do know the one that sells out very quickly is the resident and fellow workshop because that one tends to sell out very quickly. 
That's excellent. Yeah, it always seems like uh, it always seems like those are really popular. And just speaking a word um, from from personal experience on the the PBLDs, it's kind of, it, to me it can be a little more uh, of a nice opportunity for for ASRA members who maybe haven't directly been involved in committees or other areas before to interact with some people that they may know from from pro- other meetings or for leaders in the field or experts, whatever the case is. That PBLD is a little more of a laid back kind of a small group chance to discuss things directly with people who a lot of times are, are publishing in that area. And um, that's just a, it's a nice way if somebody's kind of trying to look for a way to start things off, I think. Oh, I think that PBLDs are a great way to network and really have a chance to be one-on-one almost in a certain sense with uh, one of the leading experts in the field. I mean, we all want those opportunities to ha- be able to sit down and chat with these people that we look up to and and have read their work. So um, I think, uh, I know that in the past, the PBLDs have been popular and I hope they continue to be uh, because they really are a wonderful learning opportunity. So I'm going to ask both of you guys this question. I know it's hard to narrow it down, but if you, um, for somebody who's not familiar with the traditional ASRA uh, pain meeting and the schedule of events and the types of topics covered, if you could pick two new things that you guys did this year that you really want people to be aware of that they may have not seen in the past. And um, I, I know from personal experience, there's a lot of investment in something new and creative. Pick two things that you want to make sure people are aware of. So Gene, why don't you start? Uh, I'm really proud with uh, what Andrea did with the um, opioid section. Um, I think that's really um, a a very novel uh, approach to uh, the development uh, of future opioid ligands and clinical applicability. So I really want to highlight that session as um, something I think is really cool looking from the basic science to the clinical applications. And um, though it's not specifically pain, but um, certainly targeted toward pain physicians, I really think that um, physician wellness um, section is... um, uh, an extremely important and novel thing uh, to bring to pain physicians who, as you um, mentioned, there's often that sense of isolation and having that opportunity to speak um, about isolation and the challenges uh, is, is going to be a really um, special and important session. Now, what Jean is alluding to is the, the second plenary on Saturday uh, entitled Primum Non Noceri, it goes both ways. And that, uh, that lecture is going to be amazing. We've got uh, an outside speaker coming in to talk about violence and safety in clinics, which uh, given you know, recent events where uh, pain physicians have been targeted and, and there are safety concerns, I think that will be a very important wellness issue to discuss. And then we've got uh, Dr. Weinstein, who is going to be speaking to us uh, about his uh, experience with burnout and um, mental health issues. Uh, and I think he, he's published in the New England Journal of Medicine. He's a very thought-provoking and interesting person. And I think what we're most interested about uh, is really opening a dialogue. I feel part of the isolation is this feeling that we can talk about burnout burnout, and how it pertains to our specialty, but I think a lot of people don't even feel comfortable sharing their own personal feelings about it as a sign of weakness or 
um, or a, a loss of control. But what we're really hoping for is a wonderful discussion where people can openly and candidly discuss these somewhat, um, you know, disconcerting and scary topics. But um, that's enough about that. I'll tell you about my two favorites. Um, our two newest innovative contents, um, we have a half-day professional development seminar that's going to be ongoing, and that actually is the same speaker that's doing the violence in the clinics talk um, uh, during the plenary session, but her name is Dr. Erica Howe, and she uh, is well-spoken and speaks for uh, the AAMC at their uh, professional development seminars on topics of negotiation, uh, difficult conversations, and really just tackling how to be able to get what you want out of your career. And that session's really geared towards anybody. Could be uh, from the resident to fellow level, associate professors, assistant professors, or even full professors. We're really looking forward to that because it will be very little in the way of lecture and much more in the way of roundtable discussions. So I'm, I couldn't be more excited about that. And then um, kind of my baby, of this is something called the data blitz, which um, people may have seen my little video trying to get people to submit. And I think we have gotten a decent amount of submissions. Uh, the deadline was actually yesterday, but we're really wanting to promote the fact that science is fun, that I think a lot of times these meetings are very serious and you've got your poster presentation or your oral presentation and it's very serious. But at the end of the day, we're all very passionate about what we do. And I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that what we do is really awesome and cool. And to be able to get up and in a really fun and informal way, have someone who's a bit more junior, um, whether it be a trainee or a junior faculty, get up on stage in front of a, a, a panel group of expert researchers, both basic science and clinical, um, and be able to either pitch their latest and greatest findings or discuss a research idea. Um, I think to be able to do that and then get immediate feedback is something that doesn't really happen much at uh, most uh, conferences. So we're going to make it fun. I'm hoping we have snacks. I mean, everybody loves a snack. Uh, just really have it be informal and fun. And hopefully there will be a lot of excitement and laughter and smiles because what we do is amazing. And I think being able to highlight that in a fun and innovative and low stress way is really what we're wanting out of this meeting is to just really show that what we all do is really amazing. And the, the session, Andrew, you're talking about, it looks like it's Thursday at 345, right? That's the interactive session for the data blitz session. Is that closed at this point? Have the submissions already been uh, completed yep. or could people? Okay. Yep. So the deadline was yesterday and um, our the planning committee will be reviewing and making our decisions soon about the uh, chosen speakers. But that's free to attend for anybody who's coming to the meeting, correct? Absolutely. And I'm hoping yeah. we'll get a lot of excitement and uh, buzz on social media so that we can come and celebrate these people who are coming up on stage and, and presenting their ideas and work in a really fun way. I think it'd be great to be able to show a lot of support for those people who are taking part in a, an inaugural event. Raj and I might be able to help out with the social media, and we know a few people. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm not so good on the Twitters, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get your thumbs moving faster soon. <laughs> so, Gene, I'm going to lob you a little softball question before we wrap up here. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of uh, um, turmoil in the uh, pain society world uh, of, of late. And um, I feel like in the midst of a lot of that chaos, Azra's shining as a stronger community, a stronger organization. For those people that are looking for a home, tell them why they need to be coming to this meeting, um, especially if they've been with other organizations in the past. Hmm. Boy, that is a, a, a good question. Um, there's just never a better time to join Azra. The society is growing in leaps and bounds and attendance at our meetings continues to uh, grow uh, at an amazing rate. Um, And as you alluded to the situation with many societies are on the decline. They're having financial challenges. Um, Azra has um, taken the position a few years back to be self-managed so we control every aspect of the society. We know the society and we reinvest um, in our members. So as the society has uh, grown and become more financially secure, that all gets um, invested back into programs uh, to to really pay dividend to membership. Uh, So I think the portfolio of opportunities, both um, uh, member benefits, but coming to meetings is uh, phenomenal. Uh, there, uh, the the fall pain meeting is very diverse. You you will find basically every area of um, pain medicine represented across multiple specialties, um, and um, I, I think with that overview of diversity and and not just gender diversity, but also as Eric. Uh, pointed to this idea of uh, diversity of ideas. You know, you're you're going to see uh, at this meeting uh, not necessarily a single party line for treatment or options. You you're going to see um, debate and and open discussion where where there is question. Um, so I I just think it's an exciting time in pain medicine and um, Azra has well positioned itself uh, in the current environment. So we, uh, in this half hour, we've basically skimmed the surface of a meeting that I'm scrolling through the program is 16 pages long. Um, There are lectures, there are interactive sessions, there are workshops, there's poster sessions that are moderated. And even if you don't get a moderated poster, some of the posters are going to be presented in the exhibit hall. So um, there's another opportunity to see people's science on display. There's social events. Um, Every night there's something going on. Every day there's opportunities to interact with a phenomenal community of people that are enthusiastic and energetic about this field of medicine. And um, the best way to be there is to be there. Best way to experience that is to be in the hallways and in the sessions and uh, learning from these experts throughout the field. So I highly encourage you to go to azra.com, click on the meetings page. You'll find the information about this meeting. Look at the program. Click on the link for the program. It is a full packed meeting and there is a lot of content for chronic pain physicians, acute pain physicians, and the whole gambit of um, professionals interested in this type of work. 
So I commend uh, all of you, uh, Andrea, and your uh, planning committee and Jean for your vision. Um, this is looks like a phenomenal program, and I hope uh, we get to see everybody there. And I want to thank you guys for joining us today and uh, sharing a little bit about the vision for this meeting. And thank you. Thank you for having us. We've just been so it's just been a pleasure to talk about this. Thanks, Raj. And we didn't even we didn't even scratch the surface into New Orleans itself. You know, we could talk talk a while about the city and the, you know all that that has to offer. So that's just uh, kind of icing on the cake is that you're having the meeting in a great place. Yeah, we're yeah. right in the front. It's right in the French Quarter, right? We're, I mean, the hotels are right there. Right. And uh, we have quite a social program planned. I mean, we don't want to give away all the secrets, but the <laughs> Saturday evening program uh, is going to have uh, some interesting twists. Yeah, buy your tickets for that. Uh, I'm, I'm already planning on coming. Good times roll, <laughs> Yes, right, literally roll. But I'm not going <laughs> to fully explain that. I like that. I like that allusion. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we look forward to seeing all of you guys there. And uh, like I said, check out the website for all the details and follow hashtag AzuraFall19 for the conversation leading up to the meeting and then obviously at full force during the meeting as well. Good to talk to you guys, and I look forward to seeing you guys really soon. Thanks a lot. All right. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.